0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join us here on a warm day in a very deserted city of Westminster, as once again, we put the topic of leadership under the spotlight. I'm Scott Challoner, and I'm joined on today's programme by Patrick Rampton. Patrick is a director at Rampton Baisley, a leading independent sales and lettings agency operating in the Battersea, Clapham, and Wandsworth property markets within London. Patrick, welcome to today's programme. It's great to have you on the air with us today.
1: Thank you, Scott. Thanks for
0: having me. It's an absolute pleasure having you, Patrick. Now, you, of course, helped um, launch the firm back in 2008. And given that that was a very challenging time for business, of course, with the financial crisis, I can imagine that was quite a sort of steep learning curve quite early in the business's infancy.
1: Yeah, it, it, it certainly was. It was, uh, it was very tough indeed. Um, we signed the lease on the shop uh, the day Northern Rock went bust. And we opened the doors amidst the uh, sort of cataclysm that was the credit crunch and the stock market collapse. And it were, they were very testing times. But, um, I mean, I think a lot of people were watching us because we were known in the area and, um, because we got out and got out well and thriving. Consequently, we've got a lot of business because I think a lot of people thought, well, if they can start in that and get through it, they must be quite good at what they do.
0: Absolutely right. And um, you came out of the other end of that and accumulated some real learning experience from that, being um, a business leader. And now, of course, we're facing very challenging times again in the current climate with the whole COVID-19 outbreak and the consequences of that. So how do the challenges of today compare to then? Um.
1: Well, they're they're similar but also very different. Um, I I guess uh, one similarity would be uh, uncertainty and uh, not knowing quite what's going on and that sort of ignorance can breed fear. Um, In the financial crash, it was not knowing what was going to happen to the banking system, not knowing how to price the property to sell it or let it, um but i guess uh, during that um it was keeping a calm head really uh much much like at the moment um i mean then there was still there was still trading going on because people were out and about and they could look at properties and 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 visit them and buy them and sell them but but at the moment it's just this extraordinary uh sort of slightly uh eerie stagnation with um Silence. You know, Uh, there was a lot of noise and a lot of activity when when the markets crashed in oh eight oh nine. But but now it's a sort of deafening silence. Um, And here we, I think the main difference here is, uh, as far as I can tell, the global. Financial system is not fundamentally, you know, falling apart like it was in 08 and 09, mm. where there was just a complete shortage of money. Now we're just in this sort of suspended animation. I mean, I mean, it will come back and the world will be okay again. But the the, the point is, sort of when? <laughs> and what What do we do in the interim? Also, a big difference was then there was me and my partner Joel, and we probably had four other members of staff. Now There's me and my partner, Joel, and we've got 28 members of staff. So the, the responsibilities are much greater. Um, at, the, at the bottom of the last crisis, we were down to, to three of us in total. Um, in this crisis, our, our, our main aim is, is to keep everyone employed um, and, and the business functioning. So when the market does come back, we're ready to rock. And, and I think one of the most important things is if we can keep, keep this team together, uh, keep an esprit de corps, keep a degree of loyalty, when we come out of it, if we've kept them all off the streets and we've kept them all employed, we will not only have a very motivated but a very cohesive um, company. Uh, so so it, it's very challenging, but it's less dramatic. It's just more eerily sort of quiet. So, mm. yeah, different but similar.
0: For certain. And um, businesses that are coming out of the other side of this crisis, um, it will be a huge learning curve for them, won't it? And being a good leader is very much all about learning, isn't it? Because nobody goes into a leadership role having all of the knowledge that they need, having all of the answers. It's still very much a process of learning on the job, isn't it, in a way?
1: Yeah, enormously so. Uh, Every day uh, you learn something new. I mean, I think the main thing I learned from the last Crisis. What uh, was was to keep a calm head and be be rational rather than emotional. Um, and and in this one, it, it is. Uh, I, I guess what I've learned is that everyone reacts very differently to the same facts of a crisis. And everyone, you know, from myself and my partner down down to the Saturday stuff, everyone needs different sort of um, management and different help and different encouragement. Some are very, um, some are very fragile, and some are very robust, uh, and some people like isolation, and some people can't stand it. So uh, it's very interesting, and especially perhaps with the sales force, the front line staff, they are perhaps a, a more emotional breed than the back back office staff, um, who are perhaps more stoic. So it, it's it's been hugely enlightening in in terms of this. Human, human, um, condition or, or, or people's personalities and, and actually extremely gratifying to, to be involved, but to, to watch them pull together, um, has been, been very rewarding.
0: It's often said isn't it that times of difficulty do bring the best out in people and it's um, testing that ability as well for businesses and business leaders indeed to be reactive as well because being proactive and planning for the long term is proving a little bit of a challenge at the moment isn't it when there is so much uncertainty out there so having to be reactive and make decisions based upon changing information and changing guidelines but also sensible well thought out decisions that aren't made with emotion that's been a real test hasn't it at the moment.
1: Yeah, I think so. I, I, I think um, I think that's perhaps been the biggest challenge is 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 to keep everyone involved, everyone motivated, when there is such a, a huge uh, knowledge vacuum uh, of, of what, where this is going and how it's going to end. You know, I was reading today um, about uh, the, what is Professor Neil Ferguson saying that you know this may go on indefinitely until we find a vaccine. Um, If that is indeed the case, then businesses, not just the state agency, but businesses throughout this country will have to adapt magnificently uh, to survive it. And the changes uh, in in business practices are almost unimaginable if we go through some form of lockdown for the next 18 months. And it's very difficult as well. There's a massive amount of opinion out there, but there's, there's very, very little fact um, and it, it, you have to be very careful to whom you listen. And I've tried to tell the uh, staff, you know, that don't necessarily listen so much to politicians uh, and journalists who 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 are in the business of opinion, listen to scientists uh, and medical, medical people because they're in the business of fact, if you like. Um, but, yeah, it's a real challenge to, 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 to plan. Uh, I've never seen such forward-looking uh, uncertainty or, 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 or ignorance. Uh, it, these really are extraordinary times. Mm.
0: And if we think about your own personal uh, leadership uh, model, Patrick, would you describe yourself more typically as a proactive leader as opposed to a reactive one?
1: Yeah, definitely. I, I'm, I'm very much, I am I mean, my partner's more front of house sales. I'm very much uh, sort of CEO, you know, operations. And, and I'm very much the one for sitting down and, and thinking, and at the same time, uh, you know, to, to get people to follow your thought processes or, or your advice, I'm very much of the opinion that you have to be sincere, you have to have integrity, you have to be able to back up what you say uh, by, by the way you do things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the most important thing for our companies is you have to show kindness, uh, respect, and sympathy. To, to your staff um, and it, it, if you do and if you can through your kindness uh, the way you treat people both your clients and your staff you can engender loyalty uh, and respect and then they will follow you and they, and they will um, do as you advise um, but, but it, it's been a challenge because I think in, in this situation uh, with no face-to-face contacts uh, and no group communication as such it's it's more difficult to, to communicate as a human through through uh, electronic means such as Zoom or, or or the telephone or email. Um so yeah, you know, it's a bit like uh, you know, you can't imagine a site up before a rugby match in a dressing mm. room being done on a Zoom a Zoom, you know, uh app. It, uh, I th- I think human interaction is so so physical really it, it, it's challenging but but you know we we have a meeting every day and we have quizzes a few times a week so yeah it, it's it's bringing out the best and in some cases the worst in people yes
0: absolutely right and you talk about of course the use of um, electronic um, applications in order to maintain communication and a lot of people are um, in that mindset that this could well become a new norm for business going forward and it could change the way that we communicate and it could change the way that we do things but we can't really lose sight of like the old way can we of maintaining contact because human beings are ultimately social creatures aren't they
1: yeah i I totally agree with that And, and our business is a particularly social business um, you know, it's it absolutely dependent on sh- human social interaction. You know, um, the sales process is, is innately uh, human interaction. You know, it's, it's body and, and 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 spoken language, and both within the team and 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 with the clients and the buyers. And it will change our business, and it will change business as a whole. I think, in that more people will work remotely. We will be less high street-based, perhaps. But at the end of the day, if if you're buying or selling something that costs one and a half million pounds, you want to meet and you want to be and spend time with the person who's responsible for that transaction. And we're not buying or selling trainers on Amazon. We're buying people's homes and selling people's homes. Uh, And they're very important, both financially and emotionally, to them, those assets, their homes. So, yeah, it will change, but the fundamentals of of, of human interactions will always be essential in in our business.
0: Mm, I can see exactly where you're coming from there. And if we think about um, your years of experience in um, the business, also through 2008 and through COVID-19 now as well, if you were to give advice to somebody who was about to start their first day in a leadership role, what sort of advice would you give them?
1: Well, you know, my advice would be, you know, it's a bit of a cliche, but uh, above all things to thine own self, be true. Believe in yourself, um, be honest, be authentic and and have integrity and, and treat others, both, both your staff and your clients, as, as you yourself would want to be treated. And I've found that if you do that, you'll get enormous payback, both in terms of respect and loyalty, but as a businessman, in terms of income. And if you tell the truth uh, and you do what you said you would do, uh, th- then you'll be fine. You know, most business is not very complicated. It's not brain surgery. Um, and it's a degree of integrity, honesty, and thoughtfulness, I think. Um, and and. That's what I'd be. Believe in yourself, and believe in the truth. That's that's what I'd say.
0: I think that's very sound advice. And I think um, the business leaders who are um, adhering to that philosophy will more than likely be the ones who are more primed and ready to seize upon the opportunities that will come about when they get out of the other side of this pandemic, because there will be opportunities for businesses who are innovative, who are creative. And it's just a matter, of course, of seizing upon those and really hitting the ground running. And if we do shift focus to the uh, the future uh, now, Patrick, before we do uh, go about yeah. wrapping things up, um, do tell me what you imagine the next 12 months hold for yourself and for Rampton-Baisley and what you hope collectively to achieve in that time, both through COVID-19 and coming out of this pandemic?
1: Well, my main priority is is to keep the integrity of the business and to keep everyone employed in in whatever way we can, what with the aid of government, furlough, scheme and loans. And across the board, everyone is taking a 25% pay cut to enable that. So that's for our business. I think there will be a lot of opportunities for expansion uh, as as other firms <clears throat> who are less well run or less profitable go to the wall. I, I would like to see us expanding. I would like to see us adapting because this has no doubt shown us, despite the in, inherent um, sociability of our job, that there is a great degree of uh, uh, a great degree of um, options or, or, or opportunities to go more remote, more electronic. Um, I think for the industry as a whole, you know, we had four years of Brexit shenanigans that basically put the market on hold. When the current government got in with a good majority, it unleashed a huge demand uh, and the market was as good as I've seen for six years. This, unfortunately, has put a lid on that demand again. And I think there will be an explosion if if the world is still as it was when we left it. Uh, I think there will be an explosion of activity. There will be fewer operators in my business uh, and those that have come out will be stronger, fitter, uh, and will have opportunities to grow, uh, I think. Um, there is talk of massive recessions, which probably will happen to a degree. But at the same time, I think there will be an enormous and rapid bounce back. I mean, in 08-09, we saw values come off 35 40% in six months. As soon as people sensed the bottom of the market, they started piling in again, and it was a complete and very acute V-shaped curve. So I think there'll be a lot of change uh, in who's out there uh, playing the game, and I think there'll be a lot of change in in how the game is played, uh, with a lot more people working from home and electronically, uh, and perhaps less overheads. Uh, and perhaps uh yeah I think it'll be I think underlying this all, I have a huge amount of excitement uh and interest at what lies ahead uh in my in my business uh, I think it could be really really rather uh rather invigorating the the, the middle to far future.
0: It's going to be really interesting um, over the next few months to see how um, all of that plays out and how, um, well, when rather we start seeing that upward curve um, in the economy as well, and the impact that that will have on those um, who are present within the market as well. Um, I've got to say, uh, Patrick, it's been a real pleasure having you on the program today and also an incredibly exciting experience as well. And I think it would be great um, to perhaps have you back on the program in a few months' time to look at this retrospectively and just see how some of those predictions have been borne out. But for now, thank you. You so much for taking the time to come on the program today for the benefit of the listeners. So,
1: thanks for asking.
0: Yourself. It's been an absolute pleasure having you, Patrick. Thank you so much. Um, coming okay. up next on today's program, I'll be handing over to Jonathan White for his exclusive interview with former England cricketer Sir Andrew Strauss. I hope you enjoy listening just as much as Jonathan enjoyed speaking with Sir Andrew, and that's coming up next.
2: Hello and welcome. I'm Jonathan White and today we're joined by Sir Andrew Strauss, former captain of the England cricket team and former director of cricket at the ECB. Sir Andrew, thank you very much for joining us today.
3: Real pleasure to be here. Thank you. Uh,
2: it, the pleasure is all of ours. You know, Andrew, you've had a distinguished career, as I said, both on and off the pitch in English cricket, recognised not least with your knighthood
3: the World Cup final was quite extraordinary.
2: I know some fantastically avid cricket fans who were googling there and then what exactly the rules became because I yeah, well so was <laughs> it I. Was I actually, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, now, and you in your in your wife's memory. You established the Ruth Strauss Foundation last year. Uh, in doing so, whether you'd admit it or not, yourself and the foundation has become an inspiration to thousands: husbands and wives, mothers and fathers, sons and daughters. Please do take some time, if you wouldn't mind, and you